Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast, continuing our look at forts throughout the state of Florida. Uh, we're going to look today at Fort King, which is on the eastern edge of Ocala, uh, what is now Ocala. It was actually the original settlement uh, in what is now Marion County, and it was an important settlement and an important base during the Second Seminole War, and actually in the period between the First and Second Seminole War. So we have two key um, events that lead to the Second Seminole War uh, in terms of treaties. One is the Treaty of Moultrie Creek, uh, which was signed uh, two years after the United States acquired Florida uh, in that treaty. Of course, 1821 is when Florida was formally turned over to the United States. The treaty was signed in 1819. Um, the Treaty of Moultrie Creek was signed by the U.S. government and several chiefs of the Seminole Nation. Uh, and uh, this was signed at Moultrie Creek, which is just south of St. Augustine uh, in what is now um, St. John's County. It was St. John's County at the time also, actually. Um, and about 500 Seminole uh, tribes people attended the meeting and agreed, uh, they had a chief that agreed to the treaty, and under the terms of the treaty, uh, the Seminoles were to give up all claims to land in Florida, but submit themselves to protection by the U.S. government. And they would be protected on 4 million acres, a reservation that ran uh, through the middle of the state um, from uh, Fort Brook, uh, which is Tampa now, to Fort King, which is now Ocala. And we're going to talk about Fort King today, as we said. Um, this was entirely inland. So um, they didn't have ocean access, which was, I, I think, pretty critical. And this was by design. I mean, these were deliberately poorer land, poorer areas, at least in terms of um, the Americans. Now, the treaty did obligate the United States to protect the Seminole as long as they remained law-abiding. The government would distribute cattle, farm tools, and travel expenses for the move to the reservation. Rations would be provided for one year until the Seminole could harvest their first crops. And the government would pay the tribe $5,000 annually for 20 years. It was a 20-year agreement. In return, the Seminole had to allow roads to be built across their reservation. And they had to return runaway slaves. And this is key. I think as we get deeper into the Florida History Podcast, we're now, what, what in our fifth year, uh, into our fifth year of doing this. And we, we um, do more research. We talked to people. Kevin Cookamore uh, just joined us a month or so ago to talk about his outstanding book, La Florida. Um, you realize that the real motivation for Andrew Jackson and the United States to take Florida was to curb runaway slaves. That was the reason they wanted Florida so badly. There were other reasons, but that was the biggest reason, particularly for Southerners. So, um, right, right here in the Treaty of Moultrie Creek, 1823, 
the Seminoles have to return runaway slaves. So in 1827, Fort King was built. The fort was named for Colonel William King, who had commanded the 4th Infantry before the Brevet Brigade General Duncan Clinch, who of course um, has a lot of things named for him, including Clinch County in Georgia. It's where Cordill is, if you've been to Cordill. On April 5th, 1828, an order was issued by General Winfield Scott. We've already talked about him a lot in this series. We've talked about him in the context of the Civil War and the blockade. That's in 1861. Now we're talking about him in 1828. Um, Mexican-American War, he was a hero. Um, War of 1812, he was a hero. So General Winfield Scott is possibly the most important military figure in American history. You could argue uh, there are some others uh, that might be on that list. I mean, if you have a recency bias, you'd say Eisenhower or, or uh, General Marshall, George Marshall, or, or, or uh, um, General MacArthur. Um, well, if you have a real recency bias, you would say someone like David Petraeus, General Petraeus. But um, if you look at the overview of American history, obviously General Washington uh, stands out. But yeah, after that, probably uh, Winfield Scott. So anyway, Winfield Scott in 1828 orders uh, uh, Fort King to be uh, D um, to be fortified. Now, despite this. The fort was abandoned in 1829. Now, fort had its buildings elevated. It was off the ground to allow airflow, uh, which would keep it drier and cooler during the summer. But it was really oppressive um, in the center of Florida. Um, and um, the fort was reopened in 1832 after the signing of the Treaty of Payne's Landing, which we're going to get to in a moment. But even in that interim period, there were... Um, As I think all our listeners know, and we just did a series earlier this year on the man, Andrew Jackson was elected president in 1828, and Indian removal, Native American removal, was one of the priorities of uh, this president. Uh, this is the same Andrew Jackson who had invaded Florida and had effectively captured Florida for the United States. So uh, he had already been, he was the um, leader of the United States in the first Seminole War, um, violating Florida's sovereignty or um, Spain's sovereignty over Florida, and now he wants the Seminole removed. So in spring of 1832, Seminole leaders were summoned to a conference at Payne's Landing on the Oklawaha River, uh, which is uh, uh, it's in present-day Marion County, a little northeast of Ocala. Jackson got the Congress in 1830 to pass the Indian Removal Act. Um, and so they had these negotiations at Payne's Landing, which would um, effectively move the Seminole into a reservation in, um, in what is now Oklahoma, and mix them again with the creek, right? I, I don't want to get into the history of the Seminole 
um, and the creek in this uh, episode. We've talked about it in previous episodes. But that's, um, that's what happens here. And um, once again, they're told they have to return all their runaway slaves, all the runaway slaves, all the black Seminoles who've been integrated in their tribe. Um, seven Seminole chiefs signed the treaty and said that the, um, the new lands were acceptable. Um, but they all renounced this treaty. Now, um, I, I should mention that they, they had gone to, um, Oklahoma I think actually it was then part of the Arkansas Territory, right? Um, but uh, what is now Oklahoma. Uh, it was along the Arkansas River, so it's all part of the Arkansas Territory. Uh, as, you, as I'm sure many of you know, the Arkansas River runs right through Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, so they renounced the treaty, and um, the U.S. Senate ratified the treaty, but... Um, Many Seminoles oppose the treaty. There were Seminoles, and, and there are as many um, Seminoles in Oklahoma today as there are in Florida, just about as many. Uh, so there were ones who moved, but there were others that resisted. So at this point, Fort King is reactivated, and you had... New Seminole agents assigned by um, Andrew Jackson, including Wiley Thompson. And um, what ends up happening is you have a number of Seminole chiefs led by Micanopy who... Um, who uh, uh, were not willing to go along with the treaty. But the treaty had been now ratified in 1834 by the American Senate. So the Americans try and force um, uh, uh, the Seminoles to relocate. And uh, long story short, it is at Fort King where... Effectively, the Seminoles decided that they were going to go to war. And Chief Osceola, the famous Chief Osceola, uh, put his knife through the treaty. Uh, and actually, I think this was the Treaty of Fort Gibson, which was a treaty that was also signed out in... Uh, Oklahoma, uh, after the Treaty of, 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 uh, um, of uh, Payne's Landing, signed by these seven chiefs. And Fort King becomes the key, key fort in terms of the Indian agency or the Seminole agency for the U.S., so Fort King wasn't a typical fort. 
it's not, it's a picket fort. It's not what we think of of a fort in Florida, maybe, because we've seen Fort Clinch. We've seen Castillo de San Marcos. We've seen Fort Taylor. Uh, was that Fort Zachary Taylor in Key West? We've seen Fort Matanzas. But this was still a fort for the purposes of, um, pacification of the native people. Um, you know, there are other examples of, of forts like this, uh, of Fort Laramie in Wyoming, uh, Fort Leavenworth, very famous in Kansas, um, is similar to this. So uh, this fort is set up near the spring at Silver Springs, which uh, was to become a major tourist attraction, as we talked about last week, uh, in about uh, 30 years after this. Uh, and a, a huge tourist destination about 50 years after this. Uh, and uh, those, the, the Silver River flows from Silver Springs into the Oklawaha River, which was where uh, actually uh, the, the, the uh, Seminole people had been um, uh, 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 forced uh, to sign several years later, or would be forced to sign, the Treaty of Payne's Landing, which effectively deported them to the uh, so-called Indian Territory, which was Oklahoma. So a uh, very important area in the history of the Seminole people is, the, uh, uh, is Fort King. Fort King is effectively the administrative center from 1832 onward, especially 1834 uh, going forward. The U.S. I mean, Osceola meets the U.S. government here at Fort King, negotiates. So this is this is again the administrative center of where the U.S. government uh, is, is is talking to the Seminole people and trying to administer them and fulfill, um, well, not really fulfill anymore uh, when we get to 1834, but but at least for ten years prior to that, fulfill the uh, the obligations under the Treaty of Moultrie Creek, which the Americans are the ones who broke under Andrew Jackson. Let's not forget that. So um, in 1835, in June of 1835, Wiley Thompson, the Seminole agent appointed by the U.S. government, puts Chief Osceola in chains at Fort uh, King. Chief Osceola agrees to emigrate to Oklahoma, or in the, the, the so-called Indian Territory. He's released. But then we know, and, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, well, I'm sure we will talk about it again, December um, of 1835, Chief Osceola has in fact not emigrated to Oklahoma, but attacks Agent Thompson and kills him, reportedly with a gun that Thompson had given him that's a that might be an urban myth um, at Fort King or just outside Fort King, Ocala area. This coincides, by the way, with uh, Micanopy, another Seminole chief, besieging in a more famous incident and killing the Americans. Uh, under Major Francis Dade, whom Dade County is named for, Miami-Dade County, Dade City, which is nearby where this massacre occurred, um, marching up from Fort Brooke, which is now Tampa, to the north. Micanopy, who, of course, there's a town named for, in Alachua County, 
um, confronts Major Dade and the so-called Dade Massacre happens. The Dade Massacre, even more than Thompson being killed by Chief Osceola, that reverberates around the War Department in Washington, D.C., and now the United States is in a full-fledged war. And the Seminole War, the Second Seminole War, is one of the most important events in American history. It wasn't recognized as such until recently. I mean, heck, when I was growing up, uh, we had the Alusty Battlefield here in Florida, but I was told, oh, you know, to see battlefields and a real kind of history of, of combat, uh, you have to drive up to, to, to Virginia, you have to go to Bull Run, you have to go to uh, Maryland, or, you know, you could, there's some revolutionary battlefields um, here and there in, in, in the Carolinas. We have nothing in Florida. Well, now, you know, many, many years later, many, many years, decades later, as I'm, I'm a... Uh, kind of an older adult, uh, I rec it's recognized there are these great battlefields and forts in Florida, and there are these great uh, places. Like We've done, obviously, uh, uh, the Battle of Loxahatchee River, both battles. We've done features on them on this podcast uh, and at the Florida Squeeze. Uh, you know, those were in Palm Beach County, modern-day Palm Beach County. Uh, and so th th there is now a recognition of these battles uh, taking place in Florida. And I've, of course raise the issue of uh, revolutionary war battles in Florida, in the Jacksonville area, which uh, hopefully in the next generation will get more traction. People realize, oh, those are, those, those are here in Florida also. So, 1836 we enter, and uh, Fort King is still standing. It's still kind of being used as a, for defensive purposes. There's no longer any administration going on there. The administrators have been killed. We're in a full-fledged war. The United States War Department is sending their best generals, like Zachary Taylor, down to Florida. And we know some of the great figures of the Mexican-American War and the uh, uh, Civil War honed their, their war-making skills in the Seminole War. Obviously, Zachary Taylor is a future president and is a hero of the Mexican War. Uh, Joseph Johnston and others, um, General Meade uh, and others, um, fought and were big, big major figures in, 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 the, uh, in the Seminole War, uh, figures who fought for the Confederacy and the Union in the Civil War. And uh, they were, of course, at this time united in trying to, quote, pacify uh, the Seminole people whose, uh, whose land, of course, the Americans were taking. Let's never forget that. And um, May 1836, the Seminoles burned Fort King. Uh, or actually, excuse me, May 1836, the Americans abandoned Fort, uh, Fort King. Seminoles captured soon after it. They just burn it down. So in 1837, in April of 1837, a second Fort King was built and was now the military headquarters of the U.S. war effort against the Seminoles. No longer an administrative um, Agency now the War Department is based there. Effectively, the Florida uh, Division of the War Department. Colonel Duncan Clinch uh, wrote 
from my knowledge of the Indian character, I consider the post of more importance in controlling the Indians and in giving protection and security to, to the inhabitants of Florida, he meant the white inhabitants, um, than any other post in the territory as it is in the immediate vicinity of the largest number of Florida Indians and between them and the white inhabitants. Okay, so there he says white, uh, unquote. Uh, he had been a commander, obviously, early on. Now, the likes of Zach, Zachary Taylor, etc., are at Fort Clinch. The Seminoles have success in the war. Obviously, Chief Osceola, we're going to see a video, obviously, uh, as I said, at the outset next week, uh, or in the next week, about that, about his, his, his uh, tomb in Charleston. Uh, he's been uh, uh, tricked uh, act of treachery by General Jessup has been uh, taken out uh, to, to Fort Moultrie in South Carolina. He dies there. Uh, he had surrendered under, uh, under uh, he had come for talks and was captured. But the Seminoles had held their own, as we've detailed in previous podcasts and articles, at the battles of Waxahachie. Uh, on the Waxahachie River in what is now uh, Jupiter, Florida, in Palm Beach County. Other Seminoles had drifted into the Everglades, the ones that, that refused to go to Oklahoma, uh, led by Billy Bowlegs. Uh, uh, Alligator was another great chief, um, Sam Jones. Uh, the, these Seminole leaders were continuing the fight. They were defeated at the Battle of Pine Island Ridge in Broward County. That was a little bit of a smaller engagement than the battles uh, at the Loxahatchee River in, Palm, in what is now Palm Beach County. Um, so, uh, and what is now Broward County, right? Obviously, uh, Governor Broward wasn't governor until the early 1900s, so there was no Broward County at the time. This is just all kind of uh, wild territory down there, and the Seminoles had an advantage in that kind of terrain. So 1839, Major General Alexander Macomb, you might recognize his name from the Tallahassee area, uh, convened peace talks at Fort King with the Seminoles. Now, in 1840, Captain Gabriel Rains was on a scouting mission uh, at just outside Fort King, and they were attacked uh, by Seminole guerrillas. Three soldiers were killed. And the war ends in 1842. Uh, in 1844, Marion County is created, and Fort King was designated the county seat. Uh, Marion County's name for Francis Marion, who, of course, was a hero of the Revolutionary War, not from Florida. Uh, and uh, um, Ocala was built then a couple of years later and everything was moved to Ocala. And as I said, now Fort King is, I, I guess, technically in the city of Ocala, but it's all the way at the eastern edge. It's closer to Silver Springs than what uh, many of you would think of as Ocala. Um, the fort's decommissioned at this point, um, and then the original fort is, is destroyed by fire in, um, in the uh, um, 19... Or early in the in the twentieth century, uh, nineteen twenty, these buildings were destroyed. Uh, it's been rebuilt and was uh, added to uh, 
the National Historic Register and, and is a uh, is a National Historic Monument now. Uh, it was designated in, uh, or excuse me, a, a National Historic Landmark, and it was designated as such in 2004. So, um, so that's Fort King. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another new edition of the Florida History Podcast.